Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I'll just go sit next to them, not mention anything because I don't want to interrupt. It'd be awkward. But afterwards, just talk to them that way. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. So if you aren't listening daily, then go ahead and subscribe because now you know that this is a daily podcast. It's the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. Today is Friday. We're going to do follow along Friday where I talk about some lessons I've learned and what's going on right now in my entrepreneurial endeavors with us today to talk through that, to have a conversation with me, the co-author of The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volume 1, and soon-to-be co-author of The Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volume 2, Theo Hicks. How you doing, Theo? Joe, thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to talking about your conference you attended this past weekend. Yeah, it was a very worthwhile trip to San Francisco to go to the San Francisco Bay Area Summit that Jay Martin put on. He puts it on every year and highly recommend best ever listeners you check that out next year. We got a ways to go now, but the purpose of our conversation today is to talk about when we know we're going to attend a conference or something like a conference how do we set ourselves up for success? So that's going to be the focus of today's conversation. I'm going to use specific examples with how I did it and then the results of that. So how do you want to approach it, Theo? 
I guess, first of all, I was, I was looking through the agenda and I saw that you were actually a speaker there too. So that's pretty cool. Is this your first time speaking at a conference or have you spoken at conferences in the past? I've spoken at a bunch of conferences in the past. This one had the largest screen behind me, though. I mean, the screen was the size <laughs> of the Jumbotron at Jerry World in Dallas. I mean, almost. It was gigantic. But yeah, I've been speaking at many conferences. Colleen asked me if I got nervous. And the short answer is yes, slightly. Just like maybe five minutes before, but not really... Nothing that overwhelms me. I can tell you when I was in my advertising days, I would get incredibly nervous before mm. I would do a presentation to a client. But since I've studied Tony Robbins and TED Talk people, I now know the secret to not having nerves overrun your body and being able to channel that. And the secret is simply to stop being so damn selfish and to think about how your audience needs to hear this mm. and they're the ones who you're serving. When we approach it that way and it's not like, oh, what are they going to think of me? Do I know all my slide talking points? When we get out of our head and we put ourselves in the audience's position, then it just flows because we're happy we're serving them and they need to hear it. And knowing in our heart that they really do need to hear this and here's why I always start out with, here's what you're going to get out of this presentation because that directly ties into why I am not nervous in front of them because they need to hear what I'm talking about because it's going to be helpful. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard that one before. I've heard the one of that feeling you get, you think it's fear and you label it fear, but in reality, it's like, or at least this is what I tell myself. I tell myself it's excitement. So I kind of just changed the story, which is also a Tony Robbins thing. But what you said right there, that totally makes sense. And you kind of apply that to anything you get nervous in life. Just kind of transfer it out of your own head and get into other people's head and tell yourself that you're doing this to help these people. And so you're going to be on top of your game because people need this information. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I got a list of your goals going into this conference as an attendee. So what were the three goals you had for attending this conference? As I was walking from the Marriott near Chinatown in San Francisco to the Scottish Rite Center, which is a beautiful building on Lakeside Drive in San Francisco, it's about a 20-minute walk, and that's where the conference was. On day one, I was thinking about what are my goals, what do I want to accomplish, and the thing that was top of mind for me was Tim Ferriss's podcast on how to win at South by Southwest. Best ever listeners, if you haven't listened to Tim Ferriss' podcast on how to win at South by Southwest, please go listen to that podcast if you want to get better at having successful events or attending successful events, meetups, even dinners with your friends, whatever it is. Highly recommend that. He talks about all sorts of things from how to not interrupt people who are just talking one-on-one. -on -one. You never do that because you're bombarding their conversation. Whereas if it's a group of, say, like four or five people, then he talks about how to work your way into that group, but never go up to two people who are talking one-on-one. -on -one. He talks about playing the long game, etc. So mm -hmm. I was referencing that in my mind as I was writing down the three ways that this conference will be successful for me. And here are the three things that I listed. Number one is 
make one new friend a day. That's it. One new friend a day. I don't bring business cards to these events because mm. I don't give a shit about giving out my business card to a bunch of people. I don't care. I don't do that. I want to make one new friend a day from the conference. And so that was my number one goal to make in total two new friends over the weekend. And I'm spending from like 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. each day at the conference in a small area with 150 to 300 people. So I was confident I could deliver on that one new friend a day. Number two was to build relationships with current clients. So I had four clients attend the event and three of the four, yes, three of the four clients are investors with me and investors on the current deal that we're closing mm. next month. And these aren't in order of priority one, two, and three. This is just an order of that I wrote them down. They're all an equal priority. I wanted to continue to build a relationship with my clients and make sure I was spending a lot of time with them and hanging out and getting to know them even more in person. So that was the second objective. And then the third, because I hadn't met any of them in person, and I've been working with some of them. In one case, I've been working with this woman for two years. And I hadn't met her in person yet. So it was really cool to do that. And then the third objective was to promote my conference that I'm doing in February. It's the best real estate investing advice ever conference. How the heck did I come up with that name, right? <laughs> and keeping consistent with the branding. And I did that. I'll get into the execution here in a second. But that was the third goal, promoting the conference. In regard to the making the one new friend a day, number one, I really like your philosophy and not just handing out a ton of business cards just because there's no really no purpose behind that except for handing about as many business cards as you can. Which of Tim Ferriss's from that podcast you were talking about, which one of those techniques did you utilize in order to approach people at conferences? Because that's something that, at least for me, I have found just in conferences or seminars or kind of anything in general. It's always weird and you're trying to figure out what's the best way to approach someone and which direction do you come from and what are you supposed to say? And so I guess doing a quickly give like an example of a time you did that at the conference yeah. and what you did. Well, I'd like to make this apply to the best ever listeners, but I'm going to have to tell you just what happened to me. And mm -hmm. it's not really going to be applicable to most people because of my podcast and because of my activity on bigger pockets mm. and because I was a speaker at the event people came up to me versus me selecting people to reach out to and go oh, up okay. to. So people were constantly coming up to me. But as far as a, a Tim Ferriss technique that I applied, I remember the story that he talked about in that podcast where he focused on just building one or two relationships from the entire event and staying in touch with those one or two people. And those one or two people had tremendous impact on his launch when he wrote the four-hour work week through promotional support and other methods. So that's what I kept in mind. It's not about doing a shotgun approach. It's about going deep with one uh, yeah. or two people. That totally makes sense. I figured that people probably came up to you, so you had it easy this round. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's hypothetically, screw me, who cares about what 
I'm doing. It's all about the best ever listeners and how mm-hmm. can we apply this to your lives. So if I were at a conference where nobody knew me, then what I would do beforehand is research on the speakers. And if they have attendee info, I might do that. That seems like a lot of work. I'd really look at the speakers and then see who would be the most relevant for me to talk to and why and figure out a way to talk to them, not after their presentation, but maybe when they're sitting down alone listening to someone else, I'll just go sit next to them, not mention anything because I don't want to interrupt. It'd be awkward. But afterwards, just talk to them that way versus when the whole herd gathers around after you speak. Oh, yeah, totally. I didn't even think about that. If you go up to them afterwards, everyone else is going up to them. And if you go to them beforehand, that kind of shows that you did your research. So when you're saying you're making one new friend a day, you mean you're not going in there and just saying, up, oh, whatever one person I, I decide today, I'm just going to kind of just randomly do it. You're going with the intent of, okay, I'm going to research the speakers here and the influencers of this event, and I'm going to find someone that is relevant to my business and someone that I will be able to forge a, a connection with. And then you essentially select someone beforehand that you're going to build a yeah, friendship with. Yeah, and it might work out and it might not because might not have rapport with them or they might not like me or I might not like them. But at least I'll know a handful of people who are going to be of most interest. And now I'll I'll redirect to this conference and what happened. And what happened is I ended up meeting a gentleman who I've interviewed on the podcast way, way, way long ago. He's actually going to be in Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Volume 2. And he came up to me. I was like, oh, hey, great to meet you in person. And we hit it off. And that was the first day. And I met a lot of other people too. So I just spent a lot more time with him than others, relatively speaking. And I would feel confident, you know, reaching out to him for whatever now, because we spent a lot of the day together, went to lunch, etc. And then on the next day, it was an attorney, she worked for a company that I've worked with and now she works with another company. And she came up to me, we talked the previous day briefly, but then the next day she came up to me with an idea that was very valuable for my business, for multifamily syndication. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. She had two ideas. One didn't fit. One was regulation to do regulation a where i can bring in non-accredited investors you get it approved with sec blah 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 i don't want to do that i'd rather only work with accredited investors yeah for me that would be taking a step back and there's no reason for me to do that but she had another idea and this is the idea it's to every so often say like every five deals to do a 506c versus b And as a refresher, best ever listeners, a 506C offering is where you can publicly advertise. I could be talking right now about the deal and soliciting investor dollars for this deal if I had a 506C offering. Well, I've never done a 506C. I've never publicly solicited. I've always done 506B where we don't publicly solicit. We have to have a pre-existing relationship with the accredited investors. Now, What she was saying is 
The downside to doing 506C, where you can publicly solicit, is that you need to have a pretty detailed verification process of them being accredited. So meaning you have to have some way of getting the financial statements from them or them showing proof that they are actually accredited investors. They have a million dollars net worth, not including primary residents, 200 or 250,000, 300, depending on if they're married or not married. I forget the exact amount, but we would have to have a third party company or we would have to do it, which would be a paperwork nightmare. And my existing investors don't have to go through that process. Therefore, it would be very cumbersome and it would not be smooth to have people who aren't used to going through that to go through it on a deal. But what her idea was is to do a 506C, the public offering, with only new investors. That way they don't know the difference of, hey, Joe's had other deals where I didn't have to go through this process, which is okay. It's just simply verifying what they're already stating, so that's fine. But it's just another step. It's just a paperwork thing. And then after I do 506C and I'm able to publicly advertise, maybe put an ad in a paper or, mm. or Facebook ads, whatever, you can do anything you want, go on podcasts. Then once I close that transaction with all those brand new investors, the next four deals do 506B and have them go into the 506B deals. That way the 506C if you're still following me, best ever listeners, I know you're doing alphabet soup. Five, <laughs> the 506C is simply a lead generation tool to bring in investors to publicly advertising a deal and then doing 506B thereafter, but then one out of every five do another publicly advertised deal to bring in a brand new group and then using that as lead generation. So she gave me that idea. I think it's an ingenious idea. I'm really grateful and we hit it off as well. She's incredibly smart syndication lawyer. And she works for Jean Trowbridge's firm, by the way. Her name's Amy. Might as well just tell everyone her <laughs> name because I got to give her credit for the idea. So that was a takeaway from me being focused on building one friendship a day with someone. And as a result, got something that will make a big impact to my business once it's implemented. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. And this isn't even someone that you did your pre-research on. It was just kind of a, a random attendee that you met, right? Yeah, and just for me to be clear, I didn't do any pre-research on anyone on this conference because I mm -hmm. knew people would be coming up to me. But on a conference where nobody knows me, I would have done the pre-research. So I didn't do anything. I just kind of reacted as people came up to me. And I knew I had four clients attending as well, so I would be hanging out with them anyway. So it was just kind of going with the flow on anyone who came up to me and then just having conversations with them. I know you haven't done any of the 506Cs advertisings yet, but do you have any in mind, I guess, how many investors you're estimating we brought on per advertisement? I don't know. Mark Massier, I interviewed him on the podcast. I think he might be in the best of her volume two as well. He is, but I interviewed him more recently, and it was, I believe, episode 599, and he has a deal with 506C, and he was publicly advertising on this episode because he's a buddy of mine, great guy, and he was buying a property, and he talked about not only that deal at the end, but he talked about how 
he lost, uh, what was it? I think $200,000 because of a lender issue. It was a Situation Saturday. Really, really important story for every single best ever listener to hear. So if you haven't heard episode 599 with Mark, go listen to that. And then also you'll hear him publicly advertise his deal. And he can legally do that because it's 506C. And now to answer your question directly, Theo, the minimum for his investment on the publicly advertised deal was 5,000 bucks. And the reason why is because he just was using that as a lead generation. If they're accredited, because everyone has to be accredited on the public advertised 506C, then whatever, drop in the bucket. It's not even a drop in the bucket. $5,000, that's like mist or a little bit of fog that turns into condensation later. (laughs) But it's a lead generation to get people familiar with it. Now, I'm not sure if he combined that with his current investors, because if you get obviously a bunch of people at $5,000, then you're going to have to get a bigger chunk somewhere, whether it's your own funds or somewhere. But maybe it was a smaller price point deal. I don't remember the specifics. So I'm not sure how many people or what, it, what will be the return on the advertising, but I know he greatly lowered his minimum just so he could get more accredited investors into the fold through publicly advertising. And then I suspect he's probably going to be rolling them into 506B for the next deals. That way it's not as cumbersome for the paperwork process. That totally makes sense. When do you think you'll do your first one? I think it's going to be in about a year. Okay. I think maybe a year and a half. What I'm envisioning, I told Frank, my business partner, I'm envisioning it to be in February of 2018 to coincide with the second annual Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever conference. So I can talk about that deal at the conference to the attendees. Oh, yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, it's always cool to hear stories about like a singular event happens in a very short amount of time that has the potential to, to essentially change your path in life just immensely. So it's really, it seems like this could potentially be one of those stories where, oh, she, you found this new technique and it might bring you hundreds of millions of dollars of money just based mm-hmm. off of this one technique, based off of one small random interaction you had at a conference one time. So yep. I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. Do you want to quickly shift to your third goal, which was promoting your best ever conference? I'm curious to see how you went about doing that at someone else's conference. And if there's some sort of way you do it that's not super obvious or are you just really obvious about it? Or it was, it, it, I'd never be covert about that ever because number one, it's just not the right thing to do. Number two, it would never work to be covert about it. I actually reached out to Jay Martin, who's the host and the founder of the San Francisco Summit way beforehand. And he said, absolutely, because, you know, my conference is in February. His is in August. No conflict. And in fact, there's an opportunity to collaborate and help each other out, get more attendees for each other. So I got some flyers printed. They were on the table. We had like 500 flyers that were passed out to people. A flyer was in every folder for the conference. And by the way, best ever listeners, this conference is the world's first real estate conference that's personalized for the attendees. So it's based on the attendees' goals and obstacles and what success looks like. I am going to handpick the speakers to deliver on the goals and obstacles that you're looking to overcome. 
So it's not like a typical conference where you find the speakers and the people will come. This is where we are finding the attendees and then the attendees, you got to trust me that I know a bunch of people. And if you look at all the episodes I've done with all the people I've interviewed, I think you'll agree that I know a bunch of people. I'm going to handpick the speakers to deliver on the goals. So how it works is you register and then you fill out a questionnaire that says, what does success look like for attending? What type of business am I in? And what are the obstacles of the business right now? And who do I want to meet there? And then we're going to personalize it to the attendees and speakers will be announced on a rolling basis. Not at the very end where it'll be a surprise. It will be a rolling basis like every week or every couple of weeks we'll announce a new speaker. That's the approach. And the way I promoted it at that conference, I used the conference as a way to identify speakers that I wanted to bring in to my conference and speakers who I didn't want to bring into my conference because they weren't prepared or they just fell flat in my eyes. So I made notes and I also used this opportunity to write down things I would copy like they a great job of having everyone engaged throughout. I mean, I would highly recommend any best ever listener go attend the San Francisco Summit next year. It will be worth your time and the price of admission. And then things that I would do differently just because I would choose to do it differently. So all those factors played into it. Right before I did my presentation, Jay Martin introduced me. He mentioned the conference. His team passed out flyers to everyone in attendance on the conference. So those are the ways. So all three goals were achieved, made two friends at minimum. I made more than that, but my focus was at least making two friends total, one friend a day, build relationships with current clients. Here's something that I want to mention because building relationships with my current clients slash investors was a priority. I turned down the dinner with all the other speakers on the first night. Instead, I went to dinner with two of my clients slash investors. Mm. And the speaker's like, oh, what, Joe, you're flaking out tonight. What's going on? I was like, hey, I'm going to have a private dinner with my two investors slash clients because that was the focus. That was my priority. And that was the best use of my time to get to know them and for them to get to know me more and spend quality time with them. And I don't know if people would do that. I don't know if a lot of other people would think of doing that. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, speaker dinner. I want to meet all these other speakers. Well, I certainly would have got a lot of value from that. And a lot of them are my friends. But I didn't have that as a priority on my list. It was to connect and build and strengthen the relationships I have with the handful of investors slash clients that were at the conference. Yeah, exactly. And again, kind of going back to your technique for when you're speaking, it's kind of applied here too, is like you could have gone to the, the speaker dinner and that had kind of been like for you, but you decided to pass on that and go to the dinner with your clients for them so that they can get to know you and they can ask you questions and better their business. So I think that was a very selfless act and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. One more question. Now that you've left the conference and you've made some new friends and some new contacts, what are your next step to following up and, and staying in contact with everyone? What's your plan for that? I've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> I did that the night I was flying out. I emailed the people who I connected with, added them on Facebook, and 
I also emailed a list of 10 learnings that I got from that conference that will be applied to the best ever conference in February. Emailed that to my team. I also emailed Frank, my business partner, about what we talked about, the 506C to 506B plan, as well as other things that I learned. And then I emailed you and told you what what my focus was so that we could be prepared for this conversation. So I've already followed up with all of them. And that's going to be my approach. Yeah, we got to do it while it's all fresh in your mind. I got to do it. As far as staying in touch, I just let the natural course of business take place. I don't have a regular way of doing that with Amy and a couple other people I met. But I do the initial outreach and connect with them initially. And then I just know what their background is, what their focus is and what they're good at. And then as things come up and where they live. So if if I'm in the area or if things come up for business, then I'll reach out to them and we'll do something. Well, good stuff, my friends. This has been, well, it's been a follow along Friday and I, I, I hope best ever listeners that you got a couple things out of our conversation. I trust that you did. I hope you also have a best ever Friday if you're still wrapping up your Friday and then a wonderful weekend hanging out with your friends, your family, your pets, whoever or whatever you want to hang out with. And I will talk to you tomorrow. And Theo, where can the best ever listeners learn more about you? You guys can come to my blog at theohicks.org. Post some, some pretty cool podcasts this past week. So check those guys out. And what specifically will they get out of that experience? It's all about just showing you different perspectives. And so I bring on guests similar to how Joe brings on guests. But in, instead of talking about business and tax, I talk more about how they got to where they were from a psychological standpoint, how they made certain decisions and didn't make certain decisions and how they overcame fears and anxieties and stresses to get where they're at now. And so we can take those same learnings and apply them to our lives. Theo, it's always a pleasure. Hope you have a best ever day and a best ever weekend and best ever listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Are you looking for a hard money loan or do you have a mortgage note that you want to sell? Then email David at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com. If you recognize this company, well, that's because David was a best ever guest on the show is episode 122, David Campbell. And you can email him at david at hasslefreecashflowinvesting.com if you're looking for a hard money loan or if you have a mortgage note to sell.